welcome to the Red Words Podcast, where we pursue a personal relationship with God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us weekly as we deep dive into the dynamic and oftentimes curious Holy Spirit-inspired Book of God's Word. In the Lord Jesus Christ's final church letter, we learn about Laodicea, a church that causes the Lord to be sick. He wants to vomit these congregations out of his mouth, but he warns them first in hopes they will turn around and recognize their unfaithfulness. Here is Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say... I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprimand and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Jesus uses strong identifiers in this letter. He wants to be fully understood regarding his holiness, his power, and his authority. By stating that he is the Amen, identifies that because he is the Lord God's appointed one, he will have the last word regarding God's church. Jesus faithfully witnesses and records all of the thoughts, words, and actions done by man. So he knew what the congregation in Laodicea was doing, and he knows what the modern-day churches are doing also. Jesus continues with his final identification to all the churches, that he was with Father God and Holy Spirit before time was created. And Jesus, through the Lord God, created all that we know and also all that we do not yet know. Jesus tells the ancient and current Laodicean churches that they are oblivious to the truth about themselves. They are so tepid, so apathetic in their lack of effort to do anything that they are nauseating to the Lord. Jesus warns them to pick one or the other, be on fire in service to God, or go stone cold dead, but do something. But it gets worse, because Jesus knows these people so well, they are utterly convinced that they are the best of the best because they have more wealth than they know what to do with. In their wealth, they lack for nothing. All of the world's materialistic things are in their possession. So, what do they need the Lord God for? Hmm, it's interesting how the sins of the world capture a person into believing they don't require anything else. It's also interesting how riches cause a person to act superior over less fortunate people. 
And yet, the Lord Jesus tells the ancient and present-day Laodiceans that they have absolutely nothing of value to him, and therefore nothing of value to themselves. Jesus calls them wretched, which is defined as low-quality, desolate, sickly, and miserable. But Jesus has good reason to be sickened by this behavior, for he seeks the meek and the humble. He desires shapeable, willing, and obedient people to fulfill his will, because the haughty are hardened to his ways. Jesus wants these heart-hardened people to come to their senses and repent, for they are of little use to him unless they repent and obey his will. Unfortunately, this situation with the Laodicean church goes from worse to, well, something even more awful because Jesus views these people as being completely blind to their situation. They are unaware that they are running around totally naked for all the world to see. They are believers who never matured past infancy. And Jesus does not pity these people for they chose this situation for themselves. Instead, he tells them to pay attention, repent, and return to him. He explains what they should request from him to be welcomed by him again. Please note that when Jesus says, buy from me, he is not suggesting that anyone can purchase their salvation. Oh no, salvation is provided by grace through faith and only requires one to choose the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Rather, Jesus is appealing to this wealthy church's misguided opinion that they can purchase all they need with their wealth, and so he suggests they take action by doing the following. Acquire from the Lord the pure, refined gold that survives a trial by fire. This is discussed in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 12-15. The analogy is constructing a building. The Lord Jesus Christ is the foundation. Through Holy Spirit, he directs the rest of the construction. Each believer's building, or their service, is different. Jesus directs the believer to construct using the correct materials, basically what's in the believer's heart toward him regarding obedience and servanthood. If the believer constructs using quality materials, then when their works are tested, the materials will withstand. If the believer constructs using poor quality materials, then when their works are tested, their choice of materials will not withstand. Interestingly, Jesus tests using fire because he desires purity and fire refines. Jesus desires those believers who truly focus solely on him. He wants those believers who desire his will in their lives and then obey his will. Those believers who don't even attempt to build or build with pride and ego as their motivation or with no enthusiasm at all, they will not lose their kingdom salvation, but their works will be burned up as useless this is what 1 Corinthians 13, 12 through 15 explains. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work, of what sort it is. 
If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Jesus is suggesting that anything done for self-aggrandizement will be burned as wood, hay, and straw in the refining fire. Those servant works that were accomplished with gold, silver, and precious stones, performed out of humble obedience to him, will be purified, and these good works will remain forever, and they will be rewarded. Acquire from the Lord the white robes of righteousness, which are mentioned throughout Revelation and represent purity, cleanliness, and a bride who is clothed and presented to her groom. The wealthy pride-filled do not wear white robes. In fact, they are naked, and worse, they are blind to the fact that they are naked. Acquire from the Lord some eye salve to see the value of God's perspective versus the worldly perspective of material belongings. The worldly view is dangerous. Therefore, the eye salve is used to remove the encrusted scales of pride and ego to show a person that they are naked and possess nothing, that they are miserable and they are disgraced. With the eye salve, these people can come to recognize just how far they have fallen from his grace and turn around. In his mercy and grace, Jesus backs off slightly to explain why he speaks these truths to the Laodiceans. Because in his great love and forgiveness, the Lord Jesus Christ stands at the door of a person's heart and knocks, hoping the person will open the door of their heart and bid him come in. He wishes to sup with them so that they can begin building a relationship with him. But here's the important part of the Laodicean church letter. Jesus does not want this relationship to falter at the very beginning with the new believer remaining a baby. Jesus wants the newborn to grow and mature in his word into a deep and lasting maturity so that the person can be of service to him. So many new believers end their relationship with the Lord after their salvation. They never seek to leave their worldly life. They never mature into obedience, nor do they attempt any service unto him. Yet the Lord seeks those who accept their free gift of salvation and then desire to grow and mature toward a very deep relationship with him. Interestingly, the Lord Jesus Christ will provide this desire for a deeper relationship through his indwelling Holy Spirit to anyone who seeks it. Because the indwelling Holy Spirit knows the Lord's will for each believer, it is Holy Spirit who guides and directs the believer who seeks everything from the Lord. Those who deeply desire Jesus' will in their lives are humble and open to direction. And Jesus describes what he does to these desiring believers. Those whom I love, I reprimand and discipline. Well, how does he do this? Jesus throws his desiring beloved onto his potter's wheel and shapes and molds them to teach them how he wants things done. There is nothing comfortable about this process, but as the new believer deepens into maturity, as they prove to him that they are open to reprimand and discipline, the Lord Jesus blesses them more and more. The thing is, as the beloved believer's maturity grows, the Lord then begins another process. 
He prunes and cuts his beloved vine for maximum yield. Therefore, the more mature the vine, the more Lord Jesus cuts and prunes. Remember, he is working toward total pure refinement here. Jesus is seeking the pure gold service. He gives the most difficult tasks to those who have been shaped and molded, pruned and cut according to his will, because Jesus knows that these believers will do precisely what he asks. These believers are in total communication and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ's will in their lives. By remaining close to him, these believers accomplish his service so that more new believers are gathered into God's church. Think of this as a military operation where Jesus is president and his believers are ranked from five-star generals right on down to the lowliest private. Believers who subject themselves to his shaping grow and mature from a private all the way up to a general. But note, there is nothing comfortable about this process until the lowly private submits, learns, grows, proves himself, and is rewarded with the next higher rank. The higher a believer goes, the more they desire his will of servanthood in their lives, and the more they are shaped to understand the things Jesus wants them to understand. The mature believer is often battle-scarred, but they are blessed in ways that go beyond normal understanding. Therefore, Jesus wants his beloved to grow out of requiring milk into the mature spiritual meat that empowers servants to whom Jesus can turn to in critical times. We read this analogy in 1 Corinthians 3 verses 1 through 4 when Paul the Apostle taught, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not still worldly? Paul teaches again in 1 Corinthians 14.20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding, but in understanding, be mature. The Lord Jesus Christ seeks those who will be obedient to him without question, who will meet his requirements head on with full understanding and a driving willingness to succeed in the service of he who is holy. How can one accomplish this? Through daily seeking, obedience, and repentance. Number one, spend quality time daily in his word. Number two, learn to pray unceasingly. And number three, fill your head and your heart with constant praise, worship, and thankfulness. And understand, it takes dedicated time throughout this process for the Lord to grant his wisdom, knowledge, and discernment upon the mature believer through Holy Spirit. For should the immature believer spew scripture in hopes of accomplishing something for themselves, their words will not be well received. 
The mature will quietly accept the shaping and molding, the pruning and cutting to become totally obedient and service-minded. Only then will Christ know that he can depend upon them. Throughout this process, he blesses richly and thoroughly, for he will not allow more than a person can withstand. So present yourself daily to the Holy One of God in utter commitment to His will. The Lord Jesus Christ is looking for overcomers, His faithful ones, His zealous, mature believers to carry out the work that He set aside for them. He desires they move swiftly away from their baby salvation and into maturity so they can serve. Jesus is looking for the shapeable, moldable, workable, willing to sacrifice believers who will stick through it all to gain him to themselves. These believers run hard for the finish line, and they do not allow any part of themselves to get in the way of their service to him. Their hearts are his alone, and they seek only him. Riches and wealth, personal pride and ego, and a superior attitude towards others is the failure of many today, whether they claim to be believers or not. Whereas the daily constant seeking of the Lord's will to serve and obey brings the mature believer into repentance and a bright, new, shining, service-oriented attitude that binds the overcomer close to the Lord. These are the believers who will be invited into the very private wedding ceremony of the Bride of Christ. Amen and Amen. Then Jesus verifies in verses 21 and 22 that his overcomers will be kept extremely close to him as a new bride is kept close to her groom. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The faithful ones, the overcomers, will be the future rulers who reign with King Jesus in his millennial kingdom. And he who has an ear, let him hear, repent, and turn fully toward the Lord. For the remainder of Revelation is exponentially worse than the Lord Jesus Christ's loving, shaping, and molding, pruning, and cutting. And he reveals this throughout the remainder of this prophetic book. And so, dear friends, take heed of the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God today as you seek a deeper personal relationship with Him. Thank you for joining me and know that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you very much. And so do we. Until next week, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen and Amen.